0: To this episode of Flame Rainbows where I am here with my lovely co-host James
1: Yay Happy there? Pride everyone
0: And then we have the privilege of being joined by this wonderful fellow by the name of Marlon Marlon grew up Beachy and is here to talk about some of that experience so Hi Marlon would you like to say a few words about yourself? Hello um,
2: Welcome I'm Marlon. <laughs> Thank you <laughs> Um, I was raised in the beachy community um, in central Kentucky until I was around 21, um, and subsequently left, and now I'm living the big city dream in Nashville, Tennessee. So what made you leave? <sighs> well... <laughs> <laughs> the abridged version is <laughs> i came out the pastor wasn't happy eventually kicked me out and funny enough my parents gave their blessing for me to leave Ooh. yeah wow That's interesting yeah it's was i don't think it happens very often um but basically what happened was i came out came out when i was 19 um to the pastor of the church and to like the other two preachers um, after a Wednesday night prayer meeting. <laughs> um were, I'm missing. Were... <laughs> yeah. The spirit called you. The, it, more like it was kicked and dragged out of me. Those prayers
0: um, just really helped you become yeah, your true self. That's yeah, what happened. No. <laughs>
2: No, um, I had been straying, as guess you would say, um, and had kind of stopped going to church a little bit and, you know, hanging out. I had met some people from the outside world and, you know, was hanging out with them under their influence. And the pastor of our church one day was just like, "Um, I want to have a conversation with you, like counsel you, whatever. So we set up this meeting for after prayer meeting one Wednesday night. And we met in this little room and he was like, there's something in your life that you're struggling with. And you need to tell me what it is. So, I, you know, we can help you fix it. And I couldn't like say the words at first. And then I, we, <laughs> we prayed about it. Like he said, you know, you know, in the prayer, you know, please give Marlon the strength to tell us what he needs to tell us. And then I just said, I was like, I think I'm gay. Um, and his response Hallelujah. was, mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> um, his response was, I thought that's what it was. And then the very next thing was, you have to tell your parents tonight. Um, they had already like gone home. They were in bed. I had to call them and wake them up and say, Hey, I'm coming home with the entire pastor. Like all the pastors from our church. I have something to tell you. <laughs> So we sit in the living room um, and I told them that, you know, I thought I was gay, was gay, but, you know, we were going to fix it. I was going to get help. Um, And yeah, so I started going to therapy sessions, aka reading the Bible and praying with the pastor at his home while his wife and children were upstairs. Which, looking back, a lot of my secular friends were like, "He was trying to sleep with you." (laughs) I'm like, "No, it was." But also, yeah, from an outside perspective, a lot of people have been like, "Was he cute? What was he
0: cute?
1: (laughs) Was he cute? Was he worth sleeping with?" (laughs) <laughs> Too far, James. Too far. <laughs>
0: Regardless, I do have a very important question about yes. that. Like, have you ever heard of like you know, conversion therapy? Like, do, do you know what that
2: is? Oh yeah. So if you've uh read or seen Boy Erased, um the my pastor wanted to send me to the exact same place that um I think his name is Dr Conley experienced and went through. Um, It's a conversion therapy center in Memphis, Tennessee, or close to. I think it's shut down now. But it's, yeah, if you've not read or seen Boy Erased, amazing. Check it out. But yeah, he wanted me to go to full-on conversion therapy. (sighs) So
0: do you think his prayers were answered when you left the church?
2: Honestly, at that point, yes, his prayers were answered. (laughs) (laughs) So because you're a troublemaker. <laughs> I became the problem child that he couldn't fix. So after a few therapy sessions, I stopped going. Um subsequently he offered me a job to work for him, which he was in a as you would say, masculine field. Um and he offered me a job. He's like, you know, come work for me. I will teach you how to be a oh, man, yeah. basically. Um And I worked for him for six to eight months. Was absolutely miserable the entire time. Um, And finally got to a point where I couldn't take it and I was ready to quit. And literally the day I was going to quit, he says, he's like, we need to talk. Um, He said, you don't want to listen. You don't want to let me help you, you know, fix your life. Um, and you know, basically, like, we're done. Um, and I was like, okay, and I had a breakdown in the car, right all the way home. <laughs> um, called my parents and was like, hey, this is what happened. Um, and I got home and we sat down, and we talked, and they basically said, they're like, okay, that was the straw, they're like, okay, this is you don't have to be Mennonite. You don't have to, you know, go to our church. I want you to find a church and like still be a Christian and stuff, but like you don't have to be Mennonite anymore. Um, I, st- which this was like fall. Um, I still like continued to go to the church until around the new year. Um, and then I wrote a letter and was basically, I said, I'm renouncing my membership effective this date I am no longer a member of this church. I am no longer a part of this community. Um, six months later, he read the letter to the entire church and then said, we need to have a vote to excommunicate Marlon after I'd already renounced my membership. So it didn't make a lot of sense to me, but that was his like saving grace to be like, Marlon's gone. So, so what does excommunication mean? Based, so for my community, it's you, you know, you're not a lot of partake in communion. You're not a member of the church. Um, They don't go so far as shunning. um, But basically, you know, it's a stain on your record and you are no longer a part of this community and a part of this church. Um, I could go back if I, you know, similar to the Amish, if I confessed all my sins and begged for forgiveness and said I wanted to, you know, do over, I'm sure I could go back. But don't see that happening. <laughs> they were required. So, if, one
1: I, of, could, if I could which, jump in for a second, Marlon, could you maybe give um, us an overview of the different types of Mennonite churches and the, like the, the denominations and which ones are accepting and which ones are not accepting?
2: Yeah, for sure. So, for me, I was raised, which is considered the beachy church. Um, ladies are required required cape dresses coverings with strings um no solid color no solid no prints no like you know nothing fun all solid colors um, <laughs> funny enough growing up I thought the word conservative meant liberal because when my family members would you know leave the beachy church and go to the more liberal church where you know women could wear skirt and blouses and things it was called the conservative church so that was oh (laughs) conservative church they have musical instruments um and then it goes i mean sorry go ahead yeah which church is the most like yeah which church uh,
1: churches of the mennonites are accepting of lgbtq
2: so there is a sect that is i guess they consider themselves liberal mennonite or anabaptist funny enough there's one in seattle um, that is hugely like they partner with Black Lives Matter they partner with like all the LGBTQ organizations um, that's fantastic they... sorry that's
1: fantastic I love oh, that yeah, I love amazing. to hear that yeah.
2: yeah I was very curious one day I was like let me just google and see what's around and yeah there are definitely more liberal Mennonite churches they don't dress Anabaptists anymore like they assimilate you would never know that they were in a Baptist, unless they told you. But yeah, there are very liberal sects of the Mennonite Church that are LGBT affirming. Um, where I come from, and where you know my family comes from, it is still not allowed or condoned. Um, didn't,
0: didn't, didn't the Mennonites kind of have a big split over LGBTQ rights like a couple years ago?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the more like global organization had a pretty big split, within like the like
0: Mennonite, L- Mennonite Church USA.
2: Yes, yeah, I remember hearing about that. <clears throat> yeah, it hasn't trickled down to my area though. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's always um, interesting to know that there's all these different varieties and flavors. It's almost like you know, you have a bag of Skittles, mm-hmm. and you're, you're, you reach in there and you're just trying to get a specific color of Skittles so that it,
2: yeah. Trying to find the one that is your flavor and works for you?
0: <laughs> yeah. Pretty much.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but
0: yeah, no, going back to the whole, like, excommunication thing I had another question about that as well um when you say like excommunication like you're no longer a part of this but you had already disavowed your membership you had dissolved that so you were no longer a part of that organization anyways right exactly um so but does that mean that like people can still have relationships with with you without Mm -hmm. um, being put in the bond or like they can like or, or they're required to like minister to you to be a witness to you or something of like, yeah. you know, having you return to your faith and all of that good stuff.
2: Yeah. Yeah, there's no bond. Um, I'm still to this day very close with my parents um, and like I have family members like I would say 98% of my family don't acknowledge it at all. Um, I have several family members who are very affirming, have been, you know, completely open and accepting and have loved me regardless of, you know, their views on my lifestyle. Um, I had one or two that have tried to like reach out and witness and, you know, slide into the DMs and tell me how I'm going to hell for, you know, loving someone. Um, but yeah, there's no shunning or anything like that. I still spend time with my family and see them as much as I can. And they're great minus <laughs> it's with my parents. We've kind of learned what to talk about and what not to talk about mm-hmm. and just kind of, you know, smooth things over.
0: Thank you for sharing that. That's, yeah. that's pretty fantastic. You know, that you're able to have family that is affirming Mm -hmm. and family that is in your life that's a that's amazing
1: yeah absolutely
0: like more people need to be like that Mm -hmm. sorry not sorry like that's just the way it is um so anyways so you left the church and now
2: what do you do um i currently work for a medical equipment company i have a somehow landed a boring 9 to 5 corporate job and <laughs> honestly sometimes <laughs> you, know, you know how as for us growing up when we're you know kids we think oh we're going to be married to someone of the opposite gender and we're going to you know have 3 to 5 kids we're going to do what our parents did for work and we're going to be a part of the church and Sometimes I just look at my life and where I'm at now. And I mean, it's not like I'm a rock star, or like, you know, I do anything crazy or cool, but it's like, even 16 year old me, if I saw 16 year old me, you know, living in a big city, the people in my life who I have, you know, are just amazing and supportive and love me unconditionally. And, you know, the adventures I've gotten to go on in my life, like 16 year old me blown away didn't see it coming, didn't believe whatever happened. (laughs) So So would you say it was unfathomable
0: to you as a 16-year-old that you could have a life that you have now?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely was under the impression, you know, one day I'm going to meet the woman that is enough and, you know, we'll be happy together and I'll get married and have some kids. And, you know, I, I never thought I would... I don't, I don't want to say escape, but I didn't see, like, life being different than what I, like, grew up with.
0: So. Well, did you even see any LGBTQ folks when you were uh, growing up?
2: I No, not the. I'm trying to think about the first gay person or LGBT person, I, LGBTQ. There's so many acronyms now.
0: <laughs> uh, Queer covers everything.
2: Yeah, queer. Um I don't even know. Honestly, probably. I mean, I grew up knowing I was I mean, from the time I was 7, 8, I knew I was attracted like to men. I knew I was different. Um and <laughs> I remember my first crush, but ooh, just kidding. I just remembered um oh crush um i was a very small child i take that back i was i would have had to been three or four family vacation in florida sarasota amish paradise (coughs) (laughs) (laughs) don't make me choke (laughs) um and we were walking the beach and somehow i got separated from my parents And I was too close to the water, wrote like a wave came up and got me. And this is probably one of my earliest childhood memories. I remember this like big, strong man picking me up out of the water and it just like feeling like
0: (laughs) that feeling, that that feeling. No, like I, I know, I know.
2: And it feels <laughs> weird to say cuz like I mean you're a 3-year-old kid but like
0: it's it's not like it's a sexual thing no. it's more or less just like a
2: oh. like this feels right like a comfort thing.
0: Right. Yeah. And it's just yeah yeah I I yeah. would definitely I I can definitely relate all too far yeah. too well. Mm-hmm. But yeah no that's that's really interesting that you remember that. Yeah. Like so, yeah. know, paradise of all places <laughs> had to go back to your roots, you know, because didn't like, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: just just all the way had to go all the way. Okay, this is where so we go. Now, would you say would you say that you faced a lot,
1: would you say that you faced a lot of homophobia within the Mennonite culture that you grew up in? And how would you say you know, um, you know, a gay Mennonite coming out or com- coming out today? You know what exactly what environment are they navigating or can you speak a little bit
2: to any of that? Um, <laughs> God, God bless you. Good luck to you. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I, from the few other gay Mennonites that I know um, one friend in particular, um, his family has like, kind of the same situation that I'm in. Some family members are accepting, some have been very, you know, absolutely not not accepting. Um, It's tough. Um, Yeah, I would say, (sighs) find someone that you absolutely know you can trust. Um, For me, there was a girl who she was kind of an outcast. I was kind of an outcast. Um, and we just bonded. And she's the first person that I ever told. Um, and thank God she <laughs> was instantly just, okay. Like, it, it was a surprise to her. But it wasn't, this is where our friendship ends. Um, and she was, like, just amazing and super supportive. Um, there weren't online resources, like, when I, I mean when I was coming out. Right. I didn't know what to Google. Um I feel like today there are more resources. I mean, I know like you guys are here. There are, you know, a few Facebook groups and I mean Well there's, there's
0: like there's like the Trevor Project for you yeah. um ages thirteen to twenty four. You can call in, you can text, you can chat on the internet, and then there's like Um, Stand in families. I don't know if you've ever seen that group, but um, it it used to be called TikTok stand in families. And there's Mm -hmm. there's a significant amount of people in there who um, it's simply a group for LGBTQ folks from all walks and ways of life who need a a, um, stand in family or they need support or it's now called stand in pride. And there's over 30,000 people all over the world, in the U.S., for sure, um, who are, some of them are just there to be supportive people for you.
1: Yeah. Nice. Nice. So yeah, that's that, really... You know, uh, like, well, in the Amish, we don't do missionary work, but the mm-hmm. Mennonites do missionary work. So, yes. you know, I would, I would definitely like to give a shout out to the old colony, Mennonites in Mexico. Um, any LGBTQ Mennonites in Mexico and, and, you know, other countries around the world, which are not, which, you know, which are really politically um, volatile or, you know, um, it's not a safe environment to come out. And like most recently, um, we're recording this in April, um, but we have the current conflict in Ukraine and you can imagine any LGBTQ or, you know, just anyone in Ukraine. But I mean, you know, um, so I want to send uh, a message of solidarity to any Mennonites in those countries, in those faraway places. Um, do, do you have any thoughts on on uh, that, Marlon?
2: Yeah, I mean, well, you speaking about mission work actually brought me back to probably the first time I saw LGBTQ people existing was I actually did a mission trip to New York City when I was 17 to 18 handing out literature and uh, CDs. Um, That was probably my first experience with that. Um, But Yeah, it's... Sorry, excuse me. Um, Yeah, it...
1: (laughs) They pass out CDs. What do they do now?
2: Pass out QR codes? (laughs) I mean, mean, at that point, this was early 2000s. I'm surprised it wasn't still cassettes. (laughs) I mean... CDs
0: of what acapella gospel hymns shall we pray my bad Um, we could go back to our catholic roots and just you know do the yeah okay I think that's how it's done I'm not sure it's been a while since I went to a catholic church uh, just to check it out
2: never been yeah (laughs) yeah
0: Oh, you should go. You should I, go. I, really I to highly to. encourage you to go.
2: Is it very, like, takes you back to being in the Amish <laughs> Church? Because it's very ritualistic and long and boring, right?
0: It's it's definitely, you can tell that's where roots came from. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would say so. I felt like it was. But I guess,
1: yeah. yeah, I felt right at home. I felt right at home. <laughs> it,
0: it just feels comfortable. I mean uncomfortable yeah. but like comfortable at the same time it's like the weirdest thing in the world like if you've never experienced it it, yeah. it can be worth at least like one try just to see what it's like
2: i guess the catholic Absolutely. church had too much gold and glitter that's why the amish had to break away
0: i mean but didn't the mennonites <laughs> break away for the same reason yeah let's let's not throw stones
2: i can never remember isn't <laughs> <laughs> which came first, the chicken or the egg? I can't remember which came first, the Amish or Mennonite. but the,
0: Mennonites. The, the Mennonites.
2: The Mennonites. The Mennonites. The
1: Mennonites came first.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Yes. and then, and then, and then they split with the dude with uh, Jacob Amish over the issue yeah. of shunning.
0: Well, the Mennonites just weren't doing it right. You know, we had to go do it right.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not, kind
0: of like the same reason that we are here is we're just like following in our ancestors' footsteps and becoming apostates from our church of origin.
2: Very true. Trying to bring it back together.
1: <laughs> we are <laughs> our ancestors' wildest dream.
0: <laughs> I think that for us to be that, James, we would have to go become drag performers. So we should do that
2: so down i have the instagram handle already too
0: (laughs) oh you're ready okay so that's something we have to talk about later but we we do we we gotta go there um with that being said like do y'all have any like parting words for anybody who listens to this james are you still there
1: yeah i'm here um, I would just like to tell all of our viewers, you know, uh, we're releasing this for pride. Um, so happy Pride Month, Mennonites and Amish and those in the Anabaptist umbrella. Uh, we don't get to celebrate pride the way a lot of the way everybody else does, um, because our our churches violate our human rights and um, we are not allowed to to pursue happiness the way others are um so um happy pride to all the gay mennonites out there lesbian mennonites bisexual mennonites any transgender mennonites we got your back baby um happy pride and marlon i'm gonna kick it over to you
2: okay well i guess i would just say if you're you know struggling or questioning or you know, think you're the worst person in the world you're not um you're valid you're beautiful um you might think that you're alone, but there is a huge group of people out here who are ready, ready to love you. Um, yeah, happy Pride! As my favorite artist Casey Musgrave says, "Kiss lots of girls or kiss lots of boys. Follow your ever, follow your arrow wherever it points." <laughs> and I promise, Ooh, if I'm ever invited back, I'll learn to speak.
0: <laughs> Say that one more time.
2: I said, if I'm ever invited back, I'll learn how to speak. My words are kind of stumbling.
0: (laughs) Hey, it happens sometimes. No, thank you very much, both of you. Thank you, James. And thank you, Marla. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to echo that if you're listening um, and you're struggling, you know, here's the thing is like sometimes it's not safe to come out. We recognize that Mm -hmm. it is not necessary for you to come out to be a valid human being who is worthy of love and compassion and empathy and respect and to top it all off just because you are gay or queer or in any form shape or way doesn't mean you're going to hell like Marlon said there's a lot of people out here who are ready to to love you and embrace you and help you find your way so you know be true to you and find out who you are can I get an amen amen Amen.